Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I went over to the offices of the Gentlewoman magazine to speak with editor Penny Martin about how they create their beautifully iconic covers. As I arrived at the office though, I found everyone standing outside on the pavement because there was a fire alarm going off. So in the end, Penny dashed fearlessly back inside the not burning office to pick up a couple of copies of the new issue and we headed off to Regent's Park to sit in the unseasonably warm February sunshine. The new issue of The Gentlewoman has just come out and it felt like a good time to speak about covers because this one has got a particularly lovely story behind it. The cover star this time is Cindy Sherman, the American artist who is famous for manipulating and playing with her image. And she was shot by Inez van Lamsweerd, who appeared on the cover of the second ever issue of The Gentlewoman. That cover caused a stare at the time because Inez appears wearing a beard. So I was particularly interested to see that this latest issue is the first of The Gentlewoman to feature two alternative covers. And on one of the covers, Cindy is pictured as a sort of Kenny Rogers character with a beard. Of course, I wanted to find out where this obsession with bearded ladies comes from, but if I was hoping for some big, elaborate meta-narrative running through their commissioning, I soon discovered the truth is rather more free and open, but absolutely no less fascinating for that. It was lovely meeting up with Penny again, and I really appreciate her being as frank and transparent as ever, and I hope you enjoy this brief look behind the scenes on The Gentlewoman. Hey, Penny. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming for a lovely, sunny February sit in Regent's Park. No, lucky us. It's such a pleasure to be outdoors. I think it's the first time I've had my coat off. <laughs> I think you set up this whole fire alarm just for, for this. So um, we're sitting um, looking at the new issue of The Gentlewoman with Cindy Sherman on the cover. Um, your covers, uh, I think like it's fair to say, are like you have some very iconic covers in there. So what was it about Cindy Sherman that made you think, okay, she's our next cover lady? Ah, well, um, I hadn't exactly timed it uh, to be our 19th issue because I've been trying since I first started the job. (laughs) In fact, she was in touch with me via Instagram this morning and I had to remind her it had been like 10 years that I had been uh, pleading with her to do this. And she's like, oh, I can't believe it. Thanks for being so patient. Um, Yeah, so that's really one of the most important tips that I can ever give any would-be editor is you just need to keep trying. And so, so 10 years ago, you thought, right, there's this really interesting artist, Cindy Sherman. What was it about her then? What, what's the thing that makes you want to put her in front of the world? Well, I suppose, if, if, had she been in another kind of uh, lifestyle periodical, it, it might have been about, you know, her stature and her um, amazing looks, quite honestly, and the kind of incredible work. But also, in terms of the gentlewoman, I guess what we're always trying to commission is are uh, in-depth profiles of people who have defied the system and really created a paradigm. And you know, she is the first artist that we've, I think, first artist that we've featured on the cover of the Gentlewoman. And in a way, it's always that how-to, isn't it, about how did she do it? Because when she was started working at the end of the 70s, there really weren't that many examples of women that had broken through. And you know really stood their own in terms of a market as well as a kind of critically acclaimed body of work. Um, So 
I think I think that is uh, really what I wanted was the Cindy Sherman the role model as much as Cindy uh, Sherman the icon or the fashionable artist because clearly the industry really very much likes her but you know you don't hear her voice very often and um, uh, it was kind of amazing for her to agree to do that I didn't think she'd really be interviewed uh, and you you've you've played with it as well so that, so so she's um, she's renowned I guess for manipulating her image mm. for, for having like several versions of herself mm. and you've kind of layered into that by having her shot by Inez from Inez and Vinod well, yes, that makes me sound really clever as a commissioning um, editor. <laughs> That's what I'm going Quite with. Quite honestly, um, uh, of course, we probably thought when we f- first started talking about hers, well, what we don't want is the, a character, what we want is the real Cindy. But when the portfolio of images came back or at least when I started talking with Inez and I knew she had an idea for I heard that she wanted a certain number of hours for makeup and I started to hear that she was been talking to Cindy and and she said oh don't worry she's up for anything I started to realize we were going to get something beyond a very tasteful series of portraits but of course with artists like Inez and Vinod we got the whole shebang and when the portfolio of images came back in I realized that not only could we tell a story inside the issue um, that would support all the points made in the profile that there were just many many potential covers and we were too in love with the idea of showing the so-called real Cindy I mean what is that you know she's always performing and she's controlled her image and her voice and her exposure very well all those years but that when we saw the the Kenny Rogers uh, images that came in or at least that I'm calling them Kenny Rogers I'm sure that everybody can decide what kind of masculine persona is in the alternative <laughs> cover and um, we knew that we could create something that was about duality and then would ask the question well which is it is it either no probably not you know and also the idea about fashion photography and a cover image and artifice were so um, clearly articulated in the, the two so what we did was we put the alternative cover inside so as soon as you open up you see the other one so it's the first time we've ever done this uh, uh, well so it's the and when you say done this you mean have a have dual cover. cover yeah yes. yeah I think as a company we're all quite sceptical about the misuse of multiple covers, whether they look cynical in terms of asking people to collect the set, i.e. buy more than one copy, or just the idea of having multiple sitters and this idea that you're hedging your bets and not really paying the compliment to one person with one definitive image. You know, for us, you know, we always ask ourselves whether that's cheating or not. But this felt like there was a kind of legitimate reason um, and it, maybe it's just a little indulgent gift to ourselves. It's not sort of the start of a, a new regimen where we're going to have um, many, many covers and a big rollout uh, um, concept. This is a special, special issue. So, so this is the first time you've had the um, the, the double uh, image mm-hmm. uh, for the cover. It, it's you going back and I guess responding to something that just happened in the shoot so you, you didn't at the beginning set out and say right I'm, we, we want you to give us two covers that we can like put alongside each other no it wasn't in the brief but you might well say that we started this the possibility for this right at the start of when we started The Gentlewoman because if you think about the second issue which was covered by Inez van Lamsweerd again in her with her beard motif you could say the conversation started then and that's a kind of um, emblem that she brings into her photography from time to time to ask all sorts of questions about sexuality because I think with an image like the masculine identity on the front of the cover there's also that sense of Cindy seeming kind of 
I don't know, sexually provocative or kind of hot inside the image. And, and I think that feels like a very timely question. So it's not like I briefed for that. That's not really the way that we work with uh, photographers. But y- you would be right to say that we have a very narrow pool of photographers with whom we work for covers. And they we've had these conversations for years and and talked about what we don't like. And, and that we've kind of narrowed down the formula to something very specific. Um, not not visually or formally, but um, just in terms of ruling out all the things that we think are objectionable about the way women are photographed generally. So uh, to say that it's a happy accident is a little bit loose. You know, it's a product of long-standing collaboration where everything has been uh, explored kind of over many dinners and conversations and when images come in. So it, it, it's not entirely a surprise, um, but it's a, a delightful... Um, provocation from Inez I think and, and I guess oh I mean what an amazing uh, provocation for issue two in that case because the so I've always assumed uh, you know that that said, image get, of get a bearded woman must in a beard yeah. no I was sitting on a deck chair and I opened up my Blackberry which dates when this happened <laughs> uh, and saw the pictures that Inez had sent and kind of did a double take and a long deep breath because oh, I was Jesus, quite new to the company <laughs> yeah I was new to the company I wasn't really sure what was entirely acceptable um, so it was a bit of a fright at first off and then we grew to love it and usually I can tell whether a, mag- a, a magazine cover for us really works is I've, if I end up shrieking with laughter every time I see it you know Angela, uh, Inez m- several others and I think that the Cindy portfolio definitely did that where I'm kind of laughing to myself and that, that's generally when I don't know what the acceptable response to a picture is that is really kind of uh, provoking me in a way. So, so, so Angela, this is Angela Lansbury. Yeah. So she's um, shot wearing Terry Richardson's uh, sunglasses, which again, I, I guess, you know, you probably never at any point said, right, Terry, could you make sure she wears the sunglasses? Yeah, of course, that you know, the, the, that look of complicity came from Angela irrespective of the glasses, but it was just this idea about a woman in a kind of, uh, a silken shirt giving you the stare that you're not quite sure of where to place. Is that for me? Is that there, there was just something very provocative about it. So that whole idea about um, cover porch chair uh, is something that we've been talking to Inez for for a long time. Um, and wow, she's so good at it. And I, I think that sort of that sense of some provocation mm. or at least engagement is mm. really important because that's what makes it step out from the from the others on the stand like so if I think of like Adele Mm -hmm, with the cigarette like there's such a such a simple everyday thing something they used to see back then when the magazine came out I guess fewer people smoking these days (laughs) yeah but But she's not even making eye contact you know there's all these kind of ostensible rules about what makes a good image that was a really poetic moment and also there was all sorts of other things happening you know in terms of her breakthrough but um uh yeah, I mean, the great portrait photographers will give you something that you could never have expected. And how strange is that? You know, women have been painted all these de- centuries and decades, and and to see something you've never seen before, especially when it's somebody that you don't, you're not used to seeing photographed in that really kind of loving, in-depth, affectionate way. Angela is quite a good example because at the time she was 85 and you know how often are women of that age given the proper fashion treatment I don't mean like they're stuck in the back of a fashion magazine kind of photographed from the side in a half page article kind of thing but like truly given the red carpet and I think it's just that idea about everybody's welcome that um, comes across and I think works for us uh, okay, and so does this then make it through to the bottom line as well? So the, you know, you've got these amazing cover images. Do, does that then mean 
yes. you get a good one and it sells and it it, it, it pays yes I think that um actually if you look at the figures and when the magazines jump in circulation and all those sorts of things it's not what you would necessarily expect with the big megawatt stars it's often the ones that where unexpected people are given love in the way that we're talking about so you know of course Bjork's a massive seller it's got she's got a huge worldwide following and really kind of early adopter fan base and you know she's really big online etc so we you would expect it but you know one of our biggest sellers is Vivian Westwood um, you know in a hat not wholly perhaps recognisable with the kind of flame red hair etc so it, you can never really call it and we've just stopped listening to the kind of industry advice about what should <laughs> sell a, a magazine I think often it's the ones where we really really poured love on it and that's what you're seeing when you kind of can't quite identify what it is that just really made it really good and so like with, with your covers <clears throat> the photograph is particularly important because you don't have cover lines on there. You've just yeah. got the name in the mag and the, the name of the, the woman. I guess the other big variable is the colour. <laughs> and I saw on Instagram Veronica saying something about this yellow is a very particular yellow. Yeah, because we don't work with Pantone colours and um, a lot of it's mixed at this... Um uh, the printers, even when the supposedly a white cover, if you queue them all up and look at them, they're all slightly different ah. greys. And and you know uh, something actually, I think uh, was it you or maybe Jeremy Leslie said that is when you look at all the covers, they're all cropped slightly differently. Yeah. So though there seems to be a format, it's very finely calibrated, and that's just the beauty of working with a brilliant creative director. Yeah. And sometimes you've got the name on the image. Sometimes you've got the first name and the surname. You've been looking, Steve. <laughs> oh, come on, of course I have. But it, it again just feels again like having fun. It feels like you know that this isn't a rote thing where it's like picture goes there, name goes there. It's the it's someone playing with it. Well, that's a kind of style of the house that we're never allowed to repeat ourselves, and there has to be some kind of uh, specific uh, treatment. Uh, but you're right; it's just about caring. So we're sitting here speaking now. Um, as I said, the magazines are in front of me, but I, I've not actually had a chance to have a flick yet. Mm-hmm. So I can see the names down the spine. Tell <laughs> us, who are you really excited to have in this one? Oh, I'm always excited about the kind of constellation of women because it kind of creates a kind of concept or a theme of its own. Um, who have we got? Oh, yes, well, am I allowed to say this? I think I am. Um, Lucy Bronze, who is the fullback in the women's football team. We've got a big story about why women's football is breaking through now ahead of the uh, Women's World Cup in June in France. So we've got a kind of key player no pun um, in that and really beautiful photography portrait photography by uh, Alistair McClellan um, Lizzo who I've been trying <laughs> the team with for Lizzo. years and uh, so, you know through Kismet pure Kismet she's released an album at the time when we were already working with her so I'm really excited about her um, and you know just the kind of sheer energy that comes off her we were working with Sharon Horgan at the time of the end of Catastrophe so that's kind of interesting uh, subject and all about her relationship with um, Rod Delaney but also Carrie Fisher um, one of the things I'm a bit more formatty and techy um, I'm interested in we've done a we've replaced what we call the modern details which are the smaller object centered pieces at the front with uh, pieces that are maybe a bit more meta journalistic and they're called tagging along and they're about the process of going with a subject on an activity of their um, uh, metier, I guess. So we've gone out flying a Harris Hawk with Helen MacDonald, uh, the author of Ages for Hawk. Um, Claire Patak, who uh, baked the royal 
wedding cake has her business has expanded so greatly that she's having to expand her premises so we went out looking for a marble worktop for her new um, bakery um, uh, and also Karina Longworth who does the you must remember this uh, podcast we've um, sort of spied on her whilst um, recording a podcast so those are just kind of little fun things for writers who often have to do that activity but to try and turn that into a kind of little narrative arc of it, their own and then we've got great um, modern uh, modernisms um, uh, in uh, Cosifani Tutti who I've known for a long long time uh, since I met her at Freeze we were on a panel together and finally got her because of the launch of her new album Belle Powley who I was at Venice Film Festival last summer it was just a great laugh so we wanted to come and be a great laugh in The Gentlewoman and Lord um, Paula Gerbase who I interviewed at running round this park Regent's Park um, showing off there it was a very slow run um, uh, but uh, we wanted to try and out an interview whilst jogging and it was successful I'm happy to report it all makes sense now the sham fire alarm the <laughs> It was all a ruse to get us here yeah. back to the park. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's the one thing, just to finish off, what's the one thing that someone reading this would never notice, but you're super proud to have it in there? Because you always have those little details, the little kind of like flourishes. What's the, what's the thing that when I start reading this, I should be keeping an eye on for? <laughs> it's not that nobody would notice it, but um, I was reading the magazine back yesterday having not seen it for two or three weeks because it's obviously been off being getting printed and <laughs> somebody else one of my colleagues uh, interviews with one of the models in this fashion section uh, begins with the line what did you do yesterday and I just laugh my head off thinking that is the most banal question you'd ever get in a women's magazine and it could only be in the gentlewoman nice excellent okay all right so Penny thank you very much for this uh, and I'm looking forward to going and having a proper read now I hope you enjoy it thanks Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Penny for coming and sitting in the park with me and for debunking some of the myths I'd made up for myself about how the Gentlewoman's covers are created. I've been thinking for a while about recording some episodes of this podcast that go into greater detail on some of the specifics of magazine making. So if you know that you'd like to hear about, for example, uh, use of typography in Migrant Journal or uh, commissioning illustrations for Weapons of Reason or something along those lines, please do drop me a line to let me know who you want to hear from uh, and what I should speak to them about. You can reach me on steve at stackmagazines.com. Uh, fire an email over and with a bit of luck, we might be able to make some interesting and useful content. If you've enjoyed this one, remember we have lots of other conversations with independent magazine makers in the archives. Just search for Stack Magazines wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find hours and hours of editors, designers and publishers speaking about what they do. And if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver next week's episode as soon as it's ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.